So I accidentally yes, uh, accidentally is not the proper word. Inadvertently, read three books in a row about incest, brother sister incest. Uh, for you folks who don't want any spoilers, because two of these books are newer and the incest is a surprise, <laughs> you might want to tune out for the next minute or two. Uh, the first book I read later by Stephen King as yeah. your recommendation. Boy, howdy. I really liked that book until the end. Yeah. And then shit the bed for me because I, uh, well, one, spoiler, incest plot. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, the kid found out his dad they didn't know about was his uncle. So there was some uh, brother-sister boning. And the only problem I really had with the book was I thought it was going to go into like a cool paranormal detective like story. Like the kid was going to be solving murders with this crazy lady and it didn't go that route. It went like a hard Stephen King route. So I still gave it like a four. Like I liked it. Ashley did not like that book. We I haven't discussed it with him yet, but I personally thought it was all right. I just didn't like the ending so but much. But did you like, because I think his main thing was like the characters. He didn't, he didn't like the characters. I didn't really have a problem with the characters. They all were fine with me, yeah. I'm not as picky as him with characters, I don't think. Second book, this is one actually, it was like a TikTok, or no, I think he sent it to me because uh, he wanted us to do it for the podcast, but then he couldn't find a copy or something. I got a Kindle copy. He doesn't have a Kindle. It's called uh, Gone to See the River Man. I forget the name of the author, but he's like a splatter porn gore mm. author or something. But this was supposed to be the most disturbing book ever written. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. That's like the third most disturbing book ever written that you like that you've read. Yeah, it's uh, and so far not the most disturbing. It was an interesting plot. The main problem with this is the protagonist is so unlikable that you don't care. Like her, the plot is she, it's a woman and like a forty-year-old woman who has a handicapped sister she's taking care of, and she has one of them like pen pal things with a serial killer that she's like in love with. You know the whole kind of groupy mm-hmm. thing or something. And he sends her on a quest to get like this key in his shack he had, and he has to meet somebody called the River Man. Uh, the plot was actually pretty cool. Huge incest angle. Uh, spoiler. Uh, this one I, you can see coming from a mile away, so it's not really much of a spoiler. But apparently this girl, when she was a teenager, was just raping her brother. And she thought it was fine. And then she becomes the most unlikable character I've ever read in a book. And I've read some shit fucking, some shit characters in books. And then uh, the ending, too. Like, she got her comeuppance, even though she's supposed to be the one you want to root for. The only one that I found likable in this uh, whole story, really, was the... Uh, murdering, raping, serial killer guy. Mm. Uh, so I don't know how to feel about that. But that book, I wouldn't recommend it. I think I gave it three stars because I liked uh, some of the imagery, but it was very repetitive, a lot of the phrasing and descriptions. And uh, I don't know. It just If I was a splatter porn kind of guy, like more into just like, oh, I just want to be grossed out, maybe I would have found that a little more entertaining than I did. Oh, this here's a surprise. This third book was not inadvertent, nor was it um, accidental. Uh, me reading about incest because that's the plot of this book. So I already went into it knowing it's called Outer Dark. And it is about, uh, so far, this Appalachian brother and sister. They live in the Appalachian Mountains and they have a baby. The guy abandons the babies. Here's where the surprise comes in, Spencer. So far, I'm I'm, I'm only like a couple chapters in, but so far, I'm really liking the book. I was going to say, that's kind of surprising because you posted a thing about this in a literature group. Oh, so you in. already know the surprise. Well, I don't know if I, well, yeah, I think I know yeah. the surprise. But I really like in the book. I'm, I'm the writing style fits. I like the prose. Cormac McCarthy, he that shall not be named. He that, <laughs> and it has touches of the language used in Blood Meridian, but it's readable. It's not fucking. <laughs> it's not the shit that we 
Maybe if I read, because this is like a second novel, so I'm thinking maybe if I jump back in time and read some of his earlier works and then go back to Blood Meridian, maybe it'll be a little better. Because I started, the first book I read of his was The Road, which is more like the book I'm reading now. So I I like him a little watered down. And and The Road's not that big, right? No. So neither is this book. It's only like 200-something pages. So I think I like Cormac McCarthy more watered down. Uh, Blood Meridian, he was just full literary highfalutin well, nonsense. Say at that point in time, he was probably smelling his own farts as he was doing it. Yeah, he's at the top of his fame, probably, and yeah, smelling his own farts. Just imagine what those two new books are gonna be like. Oh, old man, stale cigar farts. Just mad, just mad, mad about how like the young generation is just you know. Yeah. Um, happy, it, just happy. Happy. In other news, you recently tackled, which is tackling is a very strong word because this is nothing to tackle. It's easy read. No. Uh, you read The Stranger by yes. Albert Camus. We briefly talked about this off air. Last time you were here, I think we, we discussed some of the, you know, the merits of thinking the character's autistic. And, yeah. But you finally got to the end. Did you see like kind of the ridiculous nature of even though he's clearly guilty of killing a guy, they were charging him with murder more so based on how he like treated his mother, I guess, like. How he, his mother's death affected him or didn't affect him, and that's how they made their basis for this well, trial. I think what they were trying to do is like set a pattern of like, this, there's like there's something wrong with this guy. Yeah, he he's not normal. Yeah, he shouldn't be out. Like you know what I mean? Well, that's the whole thing about the book is he's the stranger because he's different than everybody else. He doesn't fall into line, and that's why they're judging him so harshly. Because back then, if you just killed a guy, it's not like because the guy had a knife. So it's not like killing a guy now. And and I was kind of surprised because, well, I know well, because the book, it takes part in like France, some place like, or, you know. Morocco or, or, or France, France, somewhere where they speak French. Yeah. Um, not necessarily France. I, for, I think it's like, I want to say like Morocco or somewhere. I was kind of surprised that, especially considering the time period that it, that it was written in, that anybody cared that he killed it. Uh, an Arab person, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised anybody gave a shit. Well, that's why like, I said if it's a Morocco, though, that's like northern probably, Africa, I think. Yeah, so that would be like that. There would They're be, may, yeah, yeah, they'd be the the majority. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm assuming, like I said, I don't remember if it was set in Morocco or not. It's been a while since I read that. It was beaches. Uh, also, that book was uh, an interesting character study, but doesn't it change your opinion of the outcome when you? Just think, oh, that character's autistic. Yeah, yeah. It, Completely it, change, it, shifts the way you yeah, perceive like, that book. Yeah, like, I don't know before then, like, people reading this when it first came out, like... Before they knew what autism was. Yeah, and... Just thought the guy was, like, a little weird. Yeah, and it's just, like, I don't... And I don't understand, like, is it just trying... Is the, book, the book's purpose is just basically, like, nothing matters. Well, Whatever yeah. you do or don't do doesn't matter. Camus was a famous nihilist. He was a French philosopher, first and foremost, I believe, where nihilism is the uh, his bread and butter. So he beat you over the head with it at the end because I yeah. think even, um, what's his name, Marceau or something? Uh, Maricau? <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. As soon as we fucking hit stop on here, I'm going to remember. It's going to bug the shit out of me. I think even in the end when like the preacher's like, giving him a sermon or something, he just wants the guy to go away. He has like an outburst, and I think he gives like a big dose of nihilism, and then he's just like, nothing matters, and I'm just like, all right, all right, maybe that was cool back then before people were really talking about that kind of stuff like though publicly. I, but Though I did kind of feel for the character because the guy's just sitting on death row and he just wants to be like left alone. Yeah. And this guy just keeps on nagging him and it's just, leave me the fuck alone. Like I, well, I imagine, was, like, especially back then, like 
because he wasn't religious. I don't think he believed in God at all. And this guy's just hammering him with, no, you don't want to go to hell. Repent. Do and it's like, fuck off, guy. Like, just leave me alone. Like, I, I felt for the guy, uh, especially because, like, he was clearly autistic. So he doesn't he, he knew what he was doing, but he well, didn't, you know? Well, even like take that out of it. If you're just reading it from the time that it was written, it's not like the guy's an evil guy. No. He's actually like a I mean, I don't know if normal because of the way he acts and stuff, but like, you know, he he works at his job, you know, he was on the he had a girlfriend who was about to get married. If it wasn't for the fact that his buddy got stabbed and 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 jumped up, you know, he wouldn't even shot that guy. Yeah, which is also kind of his fault because he wrote the guy's letter for him. So, yeah, I mean, there's that, uh, you know, that irony there. But it was one of those things where it was a character who just goes about his day to day life, and he's just trying to, like most of us, just trying to do what he feels is right. Uh, yeah. without really trying to step, he doesn't want to step on people's toes. He doesn't want to hurt people. He does, but you know, he was defending his buddy, and uh, in his mind, that was the right thing to do. But then, obviously, that that went haywire. But he was just one of those things. Like I think the girls, like you want to get married or something. He's like sure, like that was his life attitude. Like okay, let's Even whatever. She was like, do you love me? He's like, I don't know. You want to get married? Sure. Yeah, he was uh riding the wave of life, and then eventually that wave broke, and that's it that crashed. was his demise. Yeah, it crashed. Which how do you know that happens? But like when we were talking uh uh off air, I mentioned I it's like a very good like character study. Yeah. I don't know why it won a Nobel Peace Prize. Like literature. I don't, but no, but I'm just saying like well, I don't Camus see- won. I don't know if he won specifically for the stranger. It was uh, probably like the uh you know just because I think most of those Nobel prizes in literature are for. Like lifetime or like yeah. you know, like body of work. Like even like Hemingway, he got it for uh, Old Man in the Sea, but it was like his life's work. Like Faulkner, all of them. I think it was always like kind of your life's accomplishments, and then they just maybe pick out one. And I don't even think The Stranger was the one that they would have picked for that. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Camus' work. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name until fucking British Ash corrected right. me that one time. I thought because it's spelled uh, Camus. Yeah, but I, I didn't know he was French. I didn't know shit about the guy. I felt like a big dummy, so I read the book, and now I'm not as big of a dummy. Though I would be interested to read it in French if I knew French, because yeah. I think that would change the whole meaning of the book. Honestly, uh, that's always hard reading because I do that with a lot of the Japanese literature I read. I'm like, am I getting the right meaning from this though? Because I, I feel like things just don't translate. Because you could translate the words and the definitions of things, but you can't translate the feelings always because they're, you know, sometimes they just don't translate. So, um, especially when you're not uh, familiar enough with that culture. Yeah. Well, like, at least, we both, with, we, say, at least with like Japanese and Chinese stuff, we are nowhere near as experts, but we are familiar with certain customs and pop yeah. culture and things from over there. So, like, we can maybe you know have like get a little bit more of the references or understand like how things might like work and stuff right. over there. Well, I mean, going with the stranger, we both pretty much right off the bat guessed the character was autistic. Like what, a couple chapters in, you're like, this guy's a little off, and then by like you see how he reacts to grief and stuff, which is pretty much non-reaction. You're like this guy's probably like autistic, but even take away the time period where they didn't know about that stuff, just go into reading it from like the French. Uh, trans. You know, if it was just in France, that might just translate different because I don't know how fucking people acted in France in the twenties, thirties, and forties. Right. Um, maybe his behavior was probably more- like assholes. But besides the point, <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying, like maybe his behavior was more justified. I don't remember if this book took place before or after uh, World War Two. 
surely after World War One though. So yeah. I would imagine people were more stoic and stuff and expressed their feelings a lot less back then anyway. So he might have come off as more normal in that regard. Uh, it's just like the personal family matters. Like if his mother dying and him not reacting, people are like, what the fuck? Now that's not normal. But I don't, I don't know if that would... Like, I feel like in, in the original French version, that would probably hit you a lot harder than what we got. We probably just got the, oh, he's just clearly autistic. So what, when do I introduce the intro music? I don't. I'll just throw it in sometime. Ooh. Snap. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Panama Prickly Pear Church. Yeah, I'm prickly. Prickly. I don't like prickly pears. They taste kind of like cucumber. At least the ones I've had. I don't know if they grow them in Panama. Probably not. Uh, but they do grow them in South American countries. I know that because when I bought them, they said South America on them. Makes all the sense. Not Brazil. Maybe Mexico? I don't know. Today, we're asking questions, man. Know what that means, Spencer? No. Neither do I. <laughs> no, we are talking about things, man, and stuff, and 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 words that we're gonna say out of our mouths. So one thing that all writers do, and I don't believe we covered this on the podcast, is uh, the importance of asking questions in your work. And I think the very first question, the most important question, which I feel a lot of people should start asking themselves. Why am I writing this story? That's the first and foremost thing you should be asking yourself because if you don't have an answer to why you're writing the story, uh, it's probably not going to be a good story, I would imagine. Because I feel like a lot of people just feel the need to write something, uh, to have content. And we've fallen in this trap before, I'm pretty sure, for DPW. It's like, oh, I just got to get something out there. I'm just going to slap some shit on pen and paper. Well, you know, what purpose does that serve, though? I mean, it's like when we were doing it, uh, to excuse our stupidness, we were uh, trying to just build up our writing skills. And that's fine. Yeah. But that was the purpose. Why am I writing the story? To build up my writing skills. Content was just a, you know, a result of that. But a lot of people, oh, I'm going to write a novel. But why are you writing that novel? What is your purpose for writing the novel? So do you ever ask your question? Do you ever ask yourself that question when you're working on something? You're going to start something? It's like, why? You probably do subconsciously. Like, you, I would yeah. imagine you'd have a goal. Like, why is this story coming to be? Am I going to... Am I writing this to put it in a collection? Am I writing this to be a standalone piece that I want people to read? Do I want people to feel this specific way about this story? Like, you should go into your work with a reason why you're writing it. If you're just doing it to do it, that's almost like just fucking Bob Ross just painting happy trees. Mm. Might not be anything wrong with that, but without purpose, you usually don't have direction, I feel. So I think that's the most important question people need to ask themselves when they're writing something. And that goes probably for anything. Like if you're uh, if you're an artist or something like that, it's like you need a reason. Like even if it's like, oh, I'm writing this because I want to sell it to make money. Yeah. I am writing this because I want people to read it and I want them to read it because I think it's a good story to tell. Like it doesn't have to be like this big, complex, uh, deeply emotional answer. It's just, you know, you need a reason why you're writing it. I mean, it could even be like, I've had this idea in my head for like three years now and yeah. I need it out of there. There you go. I need that, to make room for other things. That's a good reason as any. Another question, and this goes more into the actual uh, story itself, and we're skipping some spaces here because there's definitely a lot in between. We're, ju we're jumping around here. Yeah, we're just jumping around. I, I don't have a, you know, I don't, don't have, have a list or like anything. An article or anything. Just off the top of the dome piece, you know, how we do. 
another big and uh, important question, which you could probably uh, preface this with, like, why does my character exist? You know, because you always think, what's your character motivation? But, like, why is your character in this story? Why is the story about this character specifically or characters? That's uh, that's before you even start writing. So why, why these characters? And then, okay, the reason I have these characters is because I wanted a story set in the 80s, and these are the kids who grew up in the 80s, so I'm telling that story. Okay, so I got that based down. Why are these characters doing what they're doing? Or what's going to lead up to them doing what they're doing? So you have to get those bricks into you know place. And then that's when you start getting into the motivations of your characters. Okay, why is my character acting this way? Because he wants to... Like, why does my character have a shitty job? Because he wants to buy a car to impress a girl in high school. Okay, and then you, that'll lead you to the next adventure. Maybe he gets that goal and is like, okay, the girl still doesn't like him. Oh, shit, who's that? Spam likely. And then you can really go down that wormhole. Fucking asshole. They, I, I got 30 of those yesterday. It's like just back-to-back fucking spam. I just blocked you know, them all. What I hate, have you been getting, like, spam texts? Yeah, I've been getting That's those, too. bullshit. Well, you gotta watch. There's a new one out. Uh, this is for the listeners here. A uh, little bit of advice. Apparently, they're texting you from your own number now. Making you think like something's fucked up, and if you answer it, I think something bad happens. I don't know. I didn't look into it, but I have not got that yet. Uh, but anyway, you can go down a wormhole of you know why my characters are doing this, what's their motivation. But I think the most important thing is why am I writing this story? Why does this story exist? And why do these characters exist in the story? Once you set those, then you can go into the other stuff. Uh, do you think about any of that stuff when you go into writing? Because usually, you know, we always like to joke, where do you get your ideas from? Well, there's like a base there somewhere. Like, why Why is this important to me? That's another question. Why is this important for me to write? Why this story specifically? So have you, like, specifically now, even with, like, the story you're currently writing, have you thought of any of these things? Like, have you questioned some of these things? Like I said, this uh, this current project is probably what I've done the, the most uh, because it's the most uh, probably, like, at-home kind of dealing with like uh personal like things but you know amping it up on a different yeah. like you know putting like sci-fi twist to it and stuff like that but like the core of it is um you know kind of things to struggle with like on a daily basis with that i also hope will if i ever get it done and out that other people will uh connect to because yeah. it i feel like it's uh very relatable things that uh you know that uh like the audience will ho- hopefully connect to when uh when they read it other times it's normally either like i come up with like an idea and then i think of the characters to like best fit that idea or, like, you come up with the characters first, and then you kind of come up with the story to go over, like, what kind of story do you need for this character to work best? Like, you know what I mean? Right. And then maybe as when you're trying to figure that out, you know, I might kind of come across something, oh, like, I could throw that in, or, like, that might be a thing that has, like, a little bit of meaning to it, or or, or something that I might be trying to, to say or specifically, like, put across or something like mm-hmm. that. But I, I don't know if it uh, ever been, like, the first head-on thing. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe we said before, like, a lot of times, like, the like an idea for something would just, like, poop, like, just popping, you know, in my head out of, no, like, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there was, like, a lot of thought beforehand going going into there. And I mean, like, sometimes, like, I'll be like, I'm just, uh, 
if I'm trying to write like a certain scene, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to make a cousinist like, what do I need to do to like to build like the suspense or mm. to like if I'm trying to get a certain like feel or uh, accomplish a certain thing, I'll try to think of like what's the best course of action, for, you know, for right. that. Um, what's the best way I can accomplish that? Well, like the novel I'm writing now started in probably the most interesting way I've gotten into writing something, I think, at least in recent uh, memory. Because the story, which obviously, you know, over time it's changing and growing and expanding. And, uh, but the initial plot is uh, like an ancient music box that plays a song that when people hear it, it makes them either want to or kill themselves. And what brought that on was I was listening... I was down here one night, and uh, I was probably procrastinating on writing something, honestly. And I was just playing, like, music on my phone or something. And a really depressing song came on. It's uh, it's not, like, super depressing, but it's, like, one of those e- older emo songs. It was, uh... Ah, fucking nutsack. I always forget the name of that band. I can't, for the life of me, remember the name of that song now. But it was, like, a really s- sad song about suicide. And when I was listening to it... Uh, for whatever reason, I just pictured, like, Mindy coming downstairs and hearing me, like, you know, walked in on me listening to that sad, sad song. And uh, the phrase, why, like, the question, why are you listening to those uh, suicide songs or, like, those sad suicide songs, something along those lines. And that just sparked something in my head. And then that's when everything blew up, like, oh, what if it was, like, a music box? I was like, but why? The first thing I asked myself is, why... Well, main, first thing I have is how I could create a story around just that little idea, that one phrase. Yeah. But then, you know, why are you listening to those suicide songs? And I was thinking, well, why would somebody be listening to those? Like, you know, I just was having to stumble upon it. And then I was like, oh, this song, I kind of like this song. But then when you listen to the meaning, I was like, ooh, that's depressing. I was like, well, there are people who listen to depressing music. Why? And then I started to ask myself, well, what would the character be like who listened to those songs? And then I was thinking, I bet you that character wouldn't be outwardly depressed. Like, people wouldn't think that character was necessarily depressed. And, you know, because most people who are really depressed don't necessarily show it. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, that's an interesting way to look at it. Because this character is not ashamed of listening to this music. And, uh, and the, what I eventually wrote in the story is that he kind of just jokes it off or whatever. But I was thinking, so why is he listening to this music? And then I was thinking, well, where can this go? What kind of story could I tell out of this? And I was like, I would like to touch on the aspects of grief, the aspects of depression. I would like to touch on some themes of maybe suicide. But I would like to do it in a way that would be fun. How the hell would you do that? I asked myself, how the hell can I make a fucking story about suicide fun? So basically we're just like... What would new gaming do? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, That's I, what we should get. We should get some. Uh, what would it be for? Like the what would new gaming do bracelets that we can just keep on what, our wrist as we write. <laughs> I like that. What would Neil do? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was thinking, like, how can you tackle such a heavy topic as uh, suicide, but do it in a way that would be fun? Uh, so I was like, well, the characters could be kind of snarky and sarcastic. Uh, but then have moments of realism where it's like, oh, the, you know, I want the depressing nature of the story to be looming overhead, but not all encompassing. I don't want it to just because I've read a lot of literary fiction where you're just like, oh, my God, I want to kill myself <laughs> after reading this. Like, why is this so depressing? So I wanted it to be there, but it only comes in, you know, how depression does for a lot of people creeps in when you're not really like it just slowly creeps in like a fog and it comes in so slowly that by the time you realize you were in a you know in the midst of depression 
it's hard to get out of it because mm -hmm. it engulfed you. So I want the story to have moments where that happens, but it's not just like, oh my God, a baby died. I'm depressed. Like, I didn't want that. I, you know, this slow, uh, encompassing depression. And then you wanted to show, not tell. Yeah. And then what else I wanted to do, which it's, it's hard without being Haruki Murakami <laughs> because I keep fucking wanting to add these weird things into the story, but. I wanted to be able to have a ray of light that pierces that darkness of depression, opens it up, and then you get into some fun stuff. And then, obviously, the depression, like I said, it's always going to be there. Uh, it's always going to be lingering. It's going to come in when you least expect it in the story. Uh, but it goes. it's going to go kind of hard fantasy with it. Think of, like, the hike. And you're going to have, like, this adventure that may or may not even be real, but you're going to go for the ride with these characters. And then, in the end... I want to, that's where I'm going to touch on the aspects of, of grief, where maybe you have to learn to accept that this person's gone. Uh, maybe the suicide was either unavoidable or you, you can't bring that person back. And then you just have to learn to accept. So that's, that's my why for the story. Uh, that's why I'm writing the story. Cause I think, I think reading things like that can help people. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of, it's so, so like, I didn't bring it up earlier, but like, you know, to the question of like, why are you listening to this sad music? Because I'm going through something, and yeah. it helps. It, it makes helps. You, it makes you feel better. Like there's, to know other people feel like that. Yeah, and like you know, the same with like like one of my go to movies, and no surprise to this is, is Cloaks Two. Yeah, it's just if it's on, whatever it's at, I'm probably watching it. If I don't got nothing to do, I'm watching to wherever it could be five minutes, and there could be five minutes left. I'm watching that bitch because like it just it. No matter what, even if I'm already feeling good, it makes me feel better. Like, yeah. it's just a good, fun movie. And, uh, you know, like, a lot of people always, uh, you know, give, like, uh, ICP, like, a lot of shit. But that's, like, a lot of what, the like, their music does. Like, it helps. It's an like, outlet. Yeah, and it helps a lot of a, a lot of people who listen to their stuff. And it, it makes, like, it, and there's, like, a community there to people who might not have friends. But, like, they know that there's somebody else that is kind of going through the same stuff that's listening to the same things. And then you meet him at a concert and you might only meet that fucker one time yeah. for a few hours, but God damn, was that a lot of fun? And you're fucking dripping in Fago at the end of it. Like, but you won't, <laughs> hopefully ever... that's all you're dripping in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't even know where we were going with that. I think we kind of got, got off the rails a little bit, but, uh, yeah, like I think like that can kind of help, you know, well, I think, uh, like you said, ICP, I think certain things, because that's a, like a community, like you brought up the community, and people like to make fun of juggalos and stuff, but it is a group of people that, you know, they can share this love of something, and I think that's very important, and when it comes to things like depression, when you, because, like, the thing that sucks about depression is you just feel like you're alone. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're the only one. You know you're not, you just feel like that, and that's why things like those kind of songs uh, like I said about the suicide songs, like they can actually make you feel better because you know you're not alone. And then like different forms of media, like they can make life more bearable. And I know people like like people like to shit on Marvel movies and stuff, but if it makes your life more bearable, yeah, and it lets you ex allows you to escape your life for a little bit because a lot of people are living through hell all the time. Yeah, like, and if it could get you away from that for just a little bit, there's a lot of value in yeah. that. Like I mean, we make fun of different things and stuff like that, but like. Nobody should have a say on what somebody else enjoys as long as it's not hurting anybody else. Exactly. Like, you know, if you like going around smacking babies because it gives you the giggles, like, no, you can't be doing You can't be doing you probably that. probably shouldn't like, be doing that. 
But yeah, the the and just to go back like on the the depressed thing, like it's also tough too because it's like you know how you were talking about it, it slowly creeps in, and then like whenever you do kind of realize that you you know depending on the situation, a lot of times people are just like fuck it, I don't even care, yeah. like they don't even want to like. Whatever, if it's exercising or medication or trying it's to the, get it's the nihilism, it's, why even bother? Yeah, it's just like What's I'm not. I don't even don't even care. Like, and another reason why I write, um, and why I'm focusing on stories like my novel that is gonna have like acceptance be a major theme at the end, is because like I feel people, because at least in my life, you're always kind of searching. For those little glories, you know, just like those little things. Where, just the small wins, the little yeah, victories. Yeah, just like those, like Kevin with the, uh, it was actually one of the most touchy moments of the office. It made me tear up a little bit. Was uh, I think it was about the parking spots. Like oh, they were yeah, trying to get the like, parking spots. Yeah. And then he like goes on about like, oh, you know, things have been really hard lately. Yeah. I think his girlfriend or fiance left him and stuff. And then he's like almost cries. He almost <laughs> breaks. And he's like, it's just good to win one, you yeah. know. But people need that. And I think if you can give that to them through fiction, you can have uh, something like they can experience these little glories through someone else because it's you don't always get to have those like those. It's not easy for everybody to get their wins because sometimes you live in such a way where that's just not a possibility all the time. But when you can read stuff that can lift your spirit and you're like, oh, that if that character can do it and go through all this. Maybe I can, you know, especially like if uh, like you were talking about, like you're trying to take those serious topics and not only take a serious look and and, 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 uh, examine those things, but you also want to flip it over and have like a fun like so like I can also like draw that person out like, you know what, this is maybe better than what I'm feeling right now. And and what's really sucks sometimes is for like those people who like who who have the depression, and it's just it's a it's a chemical thing. Yeah, that's you can't the do worst. About and you it. can't even do Take anything. Pills and become yeah. a zombie or something. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, because that yeah, because a lot of people like you know some people just get seasonal depression. Some people are just going through a hard time. I've been there myself many times. But then there's like some people like, like it's just like a lingering thing that you know they try to shake off. Sometimes they do better than other times, but it's so easy to fall right back down into that fucking pit of despair and. A lot of times what makes those people even more depressed is knowing that they're depressed. Like they know oh, yeah. that there's things they could do, you know, supposedly that's going to help them get out of this funk because that's what a lot of people Oh, you're just in a funk. But it's not a funk because if it's a chemical thing in your brain, like that's just your body fucking with yeah. you. Like that's it's like any other medical issue. It's not your fault, you know. You can exercise and eat right and do all this shit, but if your brain's just like, nah, we're yeah, a little screwed a, up. Yeah, like, if it's just wired in a weird way, it's nothing you can do about it. But anyway, without keep going down any, into that word. Any any other questions? <laughs> any other questions? Uh, we're a lot deeper in that topic than I expected, but uh, how can we go back though, out? Uh, of- though that I feel is appropriate though, for because I feel like a lot of, especially expire uh, aspiring writers. Struggle with that kind of stuff. Yeah. You stay on that a blank page that you can't get anything on. You're like, why fucking bother? Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And uh, so I feel like uh, discussing that topic is not completely out of, you know. Well, that's also why I think it's important to ask yourself the why of why you're writing that story, too. Because if you're sitting down to the blank page and you don't have any ideas, the first thing you need to ask is, why am I writing in the first place? And that won't even be story related. That's just going to be like, why do I need to write? Do I need to write or do I want to write? Why do I want to be a writer? And I mean, some people might realize 
maybe I don't actually want to be a writer. Maybe it's just a fun hobby, but I want to do something else. And they can pursue that if they're honest with themselves. Other people, they might go, you know what? I'm just writing because I want to make money. And that's going to be a tough fucking pill to swallow when you realize I'm not doing this because I really enjoy it. I just want to make money and maybe I'm naturally good at writing. I'm talented, but I don't actually want to be a writer. Then it's almost like, you know, the fucking seven footer who is really athletic and he doesn't want to play basketball. It's like, well, I could play basketball and make a lot of money, uh, but am I going to be happy? Uh, you get that a lot with the celebrities who they chase fame, but then when they finally get it, they're like, ah, oh, fuck, now I'm slack, slapping Chris Rock on stage. I'm not like, I'm miserable. My home life sucks. Like, it's just, you know, it's just, it doesn't all go well. Um, but then, like, the other thing is, though, if you could tell yourself, it's like, well, why am I writing this? Is it to be famous? Is it to make money? Is it because, you know, it's just a fun hobby? Or is it because I feel like I have something to say and my brain's not going to shut up until I say it? If I feel like I have something worthwhile to give people, like, that's why I write. And it can even just be even like, you know, like, I want to write, like, a fun adventure story. Yeah. That, you know, is not very deep. It's just going to be a lot of action. It's going to be a lot of, like, quips and whatever. But it's just like, you know what? I want to write, a, like, a, a fun action that, story. That people can or, read and escape. Like, they can enjoy it. And, it, yeah, like you said, fun. Like, you know, the old Conan stories and stuff. That I'll, doesn't necessarily have to have a deeper meaning. But it's still a good story that people will, en will, will enjoy. Exactly. Going back to the cold open, I would take any day something like Lord of the Rings over Cormac McCarthy's The Road. I like both things. But one's super depressing, and then same with The Stranger. One's just like, oh, why bother? What's the point of life? There's no hope. I don't want that to be my message. Like, I, I, don't, I like reading that kind of stuff from time to time, but that's not going to make my life better. Mm. But reading about somebody, you know, where evil and good are black and white. One could be evil, one could be good. They fight each other, and only one could come out on top. I want good to win. And that's like the Lord of the Rings. So you go through the story of these ups and downs of these characters, and then you know, even though you know it's going to end happily ever after, that's what you want. It's the journey. It's the journey, and it's fun, and it lets you escape your life, and it's just it's a good time. But you can have the road where it's bleak, and like babies are getting eaten, and everybody dies, and you're like, why did I even read that? Like Blood Meridian we talked about. Like why? Like I understand the importance of it, but. That's not the kind of stuff I'm going to uh, enjoy. Or that's like um, what you brought up earlier, uh, the hike. You know, we've always talked talking about the hike ever since we, you know, we read it uh, a couple of years ago. But there were times, like, whenever I'd get done reading that book, and, like, I would, like, it'd almost be like a chemical change. Like, I yeah. would be, like, excited, like, a little yeah. bit. or have, like, a little, like, because, like, especially depending on where you might have stopped reading, you know, at that time. Got because, endorphin Because, like, boost. there's a lot of crazy shit going on. There's, like, a lot of cool things going on and it's just it, it's a roller coaster of a ride that like you know did a good job of making you feel things and you know i like feeling things sometimes i like feeling good happy things um especially as i get older when i was in my 20s i'm just a cold-hearted bastard really was uh because one you're immortal yeah Apparently, because when you're in your 20s, teenagers and 20s, you don't you're you not going to die. You were jumping off of roofs and stuff with like, could you imagine? Like not one story roofs, like, you know, multi-story buildings. Yeah. I was, you can barely go off the fucking curb of a sidewalk without blowing out your <laughs> kneecaps now. <laughs> I, I was a wild man, folks. I really was. I was jumping off all kinds of pavilions and shit. Uh, but yeah, because 
You can't have a death wish when you're never going to die, man. We were just living on the edge, and we didn't even know it. We were just cocky and stupid. Our brains weren't fully developed, and we just thought we had the world by the tits, even though we clearly didn't. We were fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Not Well, this is going to have been better for our nostalgia episode, <laughs> but it was because we both had um, what I would say the poor man's journey. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were not. We didn't go to Ivy League school. We didn't even go to regular. Colleges. I mean, I think you could probably even still say that we're on the poor man's journey. <laughs> yeah, we we weren't uh, we weren't living high on the hog in our twenties, let alone even now. But we were uh, living, I guess. Like I don't know, worked all the time, but we were doing stupid shit and just trying to make our way in this world. And uh, but in my twenties, I read a lot of depressing stuff because one, I was depressed a lot of the time. But two, I just kind of felt like, what's the point of everything? And, like, the nihilism, I feel, hits you when you're younger. But when, now that I'm older, it's like, I just, there's so much bad in the world. I just want to, one, I want to be able to make good. Like, I want things to be good. I, I just want to enjoy life. I don't want it, because it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And you realize that as you get older. And we're only in our 30s, but, like, I'd imagine that trend's just going to go well, up as we get older. Well, and I hopefully just, appreciate life more. Well, just like you said, like, oh, well, we're in our 30s, but, like, how many people did we go to school with that aren't around anymore? I know. I think about that all the time because like, I always see it pop up on like Facebook. It's like, oh, this person passed away. And I'm like, holy shit, he's two years younger than me. And then uh, it's just like, ah, that's I don't know, that's rough. And it just makes you think. It's like, so why, why would I want to spend my time thinking negative things and inviting in fucking negative fiction and watching depressing movies and just always being in a bad mood and making up. That's another thing. I'm sure you work with people like this who they're just always in a bad mood and bring everyone down. And it's like, no matter how bad of a day I'm having, I always make it a point not to take it out on other people. Um, Sometimes you'll snap. I've done that many times, but (laughs) apologize or just like, you know, let it go. Like don't fucking be those people who just, you know, eh, I'm going to be miserable and make everybody miserable see, and snap all day, every day. No, see, what I do is that you you can normally tell when I'm not in a good mood because I'm just, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. I'm not trying to be rude or angry. I'm just not in the mood and I don't want to really be around you. I will talk to you if I have to, if it's work related, but I'm not like cracking jokes. I will keep that inside of me. I will internalize it until it festers into a heart attack. Yes. Or instead of like, you know, just like snapping at people all day, it will just three months from now. You blow up. Yeah, it's just going to be a blow up, Uh, which isn't the healthiest thing to do. But that's, you know, that's just what I do. Was that from Clerks 1? They were talking about that. Or maybe I'm just thinking of something completely different. But um, no, what the fuck was that from? Anger management of all movies with Adam Sandler because Jack oh. Nicholson tells him, you know, goddamn spam call again. <clears throat> Snib outdoor power sale service. That's weird. That's not real. Uh, <laughs> right? No, it was uh, Jack Nicholson's character. I, I forget what the exact conversation was, but he was telling Adam Sandler, uh, I think it might be when we first met him, that he's, it was after the, he goes to the anger management and he's at he keeps asking him who are you and he's like oh i'm you know whatever his name was like, no, no no who are you and he just yeah. couldn't answer it and he started getting mad and he's like look you're the guy <laughs> you know th- there's the guy who goes into the fucking store and yells at the clerk and throws the eggs and breaks shit and then leaves and storms out has a big outburst well you're the guy who internalizes it all and then one day shoots up the fucking place. Yeah. Like, that's who you are yeah so <laughs> Don't be that guy if you can, you know. I try to get my rage out in healthy ways now, which I did not do in my 20s. In my 20s, I was the I was the typical white guy punching holes in walls. I was an idiot. Uh, but now I, I try to, you know, if I'm having a bad day and, you know, I'll either try to write or fucking play video game or work out or whatever it is, try to 
I work. You always ask me why I work out so much. It's because I just have the rage demons of my youth that never went away, and so I just fight them constantly. And I'm like, if I'm very exhausted, the rage demons they just won't bother fighting with me that day. They'll leave me alone. But on the date, like if I go stretch, I go to the gym. Like when I hurt my back, I couldn't really work out hard. I was fucking furious. <laughs> I was so mad all the time. I was just like, I'm gonna sit in the basement and just cry, but no tears come out because I'm dry on the inside. I'm just angry. Um, but I don't like being like that anymore. I like being happy, so I try to do it. I think that's why I've been reading so much. I've been reading a lot uh, because I enjoy reading and it takes my mind off of things. And if you take one thing away from this episode, uh, that's we went completely off topic. But it's do things that you enjoy as long as they don't hurt other people. And I also would throw in don't give a fuck about what other people think because I feel like a lot of people, uh, their stress comes from other people. If I could go back in time and talk to like, like early high school me, like I just do your own thing. Yeah. Because like I was always like in high school, I was always very like, I was like the not like I wasn't the greatest student, but I was probably like the ideal student of like, I sat there, I wasn't cracking around wise. I, you know, I did my work. If a teacher was fucking giving you shit for no good reason, you just sat there and take oh, yeah. it. But like, no, like now I'd be like, no, you fucking you give it back to that teacher because there ain't nothing they can do to you as long as you don't threaten them or do something that gets you expelled from school. They like there's there's no, there's nothing that they can do to you. Like this is gonna sound real douchey, but when I was young, and I'm sure you had this too. I always had people fucking with me. Uh, just like certain people, very specific people, probably people who were living a worse home life than I was yes, at the time. That's so they were always fucking is. bullying me and shit. And it was only certain grades. Like once I got to high school, that all stopped because uh, like it, people I hung out with and stuff. It was just like, oh, he's all right. But then like especially middle school, like I always get bullied and stuff. And my biggest fear, and I don't know why, was like even if people were like physically like, pushing me or something, was. I don't want to fuck them up because then I'm like, yeah, I, didn't I, mean, care, I didn't, yeah. but I didn't care about getting trouble. I just didn't want to hurt them. It, mm. Like, cause I'm, 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 I wasn't a huge kid, but for a long time, cause I was always been like, fuck it. I'm like, I'm five, 10, five, 10 and yeah. a half, but I always been this height since like, I swear like the fourth grade. Same with me. So like, I was like taller I, like, than everyone yeah, like, in middle I, school. Like I got so tall and then just before everybody. And then I, then I stopped growing. Yeah. So I was, and I was like, I was a monster among men for a couple years and then yeah. it was just normal. <laughs> and I, and I was always a little bigger. I always did like sports and stuff. And so like people would fuck with me always where it's like, I don't want to hurt them. And so, that, like, anytime, like, some kind of fight or something would happen, my my in my mind, I was just, like, especially if, like, they actually physically hit me, and I was just, like, that, that didn't hurt at all. Yeah. Like, they're very weak. And I was just, I would think to myself, like, if I fucking hit them and beat them, like, I could hurt them. Yeah. Because I've, I've known, I pu- like, again, punching holes in walls and stuff, like, that started when I was in fucking middle school. And I was, like, I don't want to be violent. But if I could go back in time, I would just fucking knock everyone <laughs> yeah. out. I really would. I would just, because... My dad taught me how to box when I was, like, in elementary school. So, like, I knew how to throw a punch. Like, I could fight because me and my brother used to fucking put on the... It was funny. Like, my sister, my older sister would have, like, her friends over and stuff. Like, and you all, were just the entertainment? They'd all get drunk or high or stuff. So, we would set up, like, all right. we're Because we had boxing gloves. We got my mom to buy us. I'm like, all right. We're just going to run in and start talking smack to each other. WWE style. Yeah. And we did. So, we'd run in. You fuck you, man. And then we'd start punching <laughs> the shit out of each other. And we'd box. And he's five years older than me. So, that was a big difference back when I was, like, 10 or whatever. 
you know, so I get in all these circumstances. But if I could go back now, I would just beat the shit out of them and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. Because you beat the fuck out of one big kid. And it's in, done, yeah. Yeah, in front of everybody. It's over. Prison rules. Like, they're just like <laughs> I'm going to leave that kid. Because that's what had happened in high school. I, ended up, I think I just, a couple guys were fucking with me. Because by then I was playing, like, basketball, street basketball. Because when and one was real big. So I was playing stuff like that all the time. And a couple guys were fucking with me. And I was just fucking, like. Like one kid, I remember I just straight up fucking pimp slapped him. Like I don't know why. I was just like fucking bitch, and he didn't hit me back. And I was like, oh, sometimes violence works. <laughs> That's fucked up, but yeah. it's true. It might get you canceled now, and you lose all your Netflix specials, like Will Smith. But not like back then, it was fine. And then so after that, like nobody bothered me in high school and stuff. So but there's just, a time and place when it's appropriate. Yeah, not at the Oscars. But I, I so if I have one regret, it was not going back in time. And one, not doing that. And two. Uh, like you, I, I kind of always cared about, you know, what did the teachers think of me? What I was more timid because I was worried people were going to think negatively. That are just I, like, they're just either like other students. Like I would have had, yeah. like, you know, I would have told somebody to like, fuck off. Like when I wanted to, you know. No, oh, there were so many times, like, I was actually thinking about this other day, the other day. There were so many times where like somebody would just be saying stupid shit to me. And I just want to be like, get a or, life. Well, like, not even to like me. They would be like fucking with somebody else, and like, you know, you'd want to be like, like that- fucking leave him alone. Yeah, but you don't because then you don't want to. You don't want to turn down to yeah. you, so you just try to not like. Like when I, when we worked at Walmart, it was maybe a year in where I started developing the. I don't give a fuck about any yeah. of these people. I don't care what they do in their home life, and I. You know what? If they say shit to me, I'm just going to be wild. Like, I'm just going to say some wild shit to them and be fucking, you know, and then they leave me alone. And for some reason, for both of us, like, that just made people like us more. It's weird, man. Yeah, cuss them out and they just think it was funny. It was like, whatever. But now I also hit the the other side of that now where it's just like, I don't actually want to make people feel bad anymore. Like, I don't want to make fun of people. I don't, because that was really, like some of my fucking old fitness articles were going around. And uh, like I said, those are all like satire things, but like a lot, you know. They were, like, always douchey satire, so it would be like, oh, fat people, blah, 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 or whatever. And, uh, like, going back now, I was like, now, because those guys asked me to write for them, like, they, every once in a while, the emails, hey, why don't you write some new articles? I was like, I just don't really want to be douchey anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to make fun of anybody. Yeah, we'll I don't do want to make do pe- that stuff, yeah. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Uh, if you're a real cock knocker, yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck about you, but, like, if, you know, like, you know, like, I keep seeing videos, uh. Which I really like. This one guy, I think his name's like jo- Joey Swole or something. He's a big dude. Yeah, yeah, but the but, gym stuff. Yeah, yeah, where people fucking record other people doing something in the gym or just try. Like there was one of those guys trying to make just, fun of somebody. It was just a, a heavier set guy was leaving the gym and the guy played the Big Show's music. It's the Big Show, yeah. just being a douche. And I'm just like, I never liked those things, honestly. I, but my younger me might have thought some of those were funny at least. Like, oh, you know, the gym compilations of people like humping equipment and doing yeah. weird shit. But now I look at him, I'm just like, oh, that he probably doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, why is nobody helping? Why are you filming him? Go like, hey, that's, don't do that, buddy. Like, do it this way. Like, so I, I think just as you get older, uh, you go one of two ways. You either become, uh, you get more empathy and you just kind of understand that people also have feelings like you do. And you don't, you know, if you treat them badly, they're going to treat other people badly. It's, you know, just vicious fucking like a pay it for, but a bad version uh, but then there's also people who go the opposite way. They go more into themselves. They go more into the, I'm going to be a douche. I'm going to fucking shit on the world. And we, we know a lot of those kinds of people. But, like, the way I think about it is just try to, if you can, just ignore those people. Because I think about it all the time. Because I fucking drive for a living. I get into road rage incidents all the time. People flipping out and stuff. And there's so many times, like, in my younger days, I'd be like, I'm just going to punch you in the face. Mm. <laughs> like, in my 20s, I'd be like, I'm going to cuss you out or something. But now I'm just like. That guy's obviously having a bad day. He's having a worse day than me. <laughs> yeah. If that's possible, he's having a worse day than me. Just let him flick you off and go. Like, no need to fucking do anything. 
Um, again, if somebody physically tries to do something to you, uh, you know, handle that. But, it, you know, if people are just like, that's why, like, a younger me would have been like, yeah, fuck Chris Rock's talking shit about Will Smith's way. He smacks the fuck out. I'm good. That's what you get. But now I'm like, no, Will Smith was the douche. You don't hit yeah. somebody for a joke. Yeah. You talk to him afterward. Like, after the show, she'll be like, hey, that wasn't a funny joke. You especially, know. especially a very timid joke. Like I said, it wasn't yeah. like anything. He was basically saying that she looks good with no hair. Yeah, but like just assuming, you know, the hair thing was like a big deal for her because she has alopecia or whatever. All Will Smith had to do was like after the show, it's like, hey, man, that wasn't cool. Like, you know, and then Chris Rock probably would apologize. But I like the way Chris Rock handled the situation. He oh, got yeah. slapped and he didn't fucking retaliate. And he almost wanted to. Like, he saw, you he was like, he was about, like, well, he said to himself, I was like, ooh, I could say. And then he stopped himself. Like, he was about to snap. I was like, that bald headed bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was going to freak out, but he didn't. And I, I, I fucking give him kudos for that. Like, as an older man now, I was like, that's actually very hard to do, is to just have no ego and just like, you get slapped in front of the fucking world. That's humiliating. I don't care who you are. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. Just imagine if people actually watched the Oscars. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I saw it afterwards. So, uh, but anyway, we should probably wrap up, huh? <laughs> yeah. Another takeaway from this episode again is the, the root of the fucking theme here is why ask these important questions. Why am I writing this? Why am I doing this? What is the point of this? You know, then you go into your characters. Why are my characters doing this? Why do they exist in this world? Um, why does this world exist if it's, you know, some kind of other world? Like, just really break it down. And you'll find that opens more doors for you. Like, that that really spreads, like, you know, the seeds of your story. And they'll start to bloom in ways you wouldn't expect. Versus if you just, like, I'm going to write this and I'm just going to go to this point And I'm not going to think about why I'm doing this. Uh, if you think why, that's why I'm, my stories, you know, my novels just fucking blowing up is because I have a lot of whys and, they, and those make more whys. And now I'm like the little five year old who can't stop asking you, why? Why is the sky blue? Well, see the reflection of the Why does it do that? And they're like, okay, this is going to go on for an hour. Uh, but we thank you for listening. You can check out our work, our fiction. And we have spring submissions I've been posting. So check those out at drunkapenwriting.com. You can go to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find it. Just go to the website. It's in there. You know where to go, people. Uh, and then you can go to, uh, Spencer's OnlyFans and be a little boring this week because he's the fucking Panama prickly pear. He's just, he's making fruit salad. Yeah. That's all. Nothing, nothing gross. Nothing gross this week. So, thank you. And, uh, I don't care what anybody says. I've been digging the intro music and the outro music. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. We're a space podcast now. <laughs> Over the weekend, sir. I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended versions four hours plus each Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And you know what? Those movies, while I definitely did not remember, I didn't even remember the endings properly. I thought he threw the shit in the fire, woke up, and you know Sam gives him the gay look, and that was it. No, no, that, there was like ten different endings that yeah, followed. I didn't see, even though like because uh, I was one of like, Kevin Smith's yeah, jokes it was like it just it never it never ends. It has like ten endings, but. Like, watching those movies, um, and I'm going to get to my proper critique in a second, even though people don't probably fucking give a fuck after all this time. I just, like, there was so much I forgot that happens. I, def- I definitely watched all three of them when I was young. I But I didn't, like, the whole middle movie, did not remember anything from the middle movie. Uh, the first movie, I only remembered, like, certain scenes. And then the last movie, I didn't remember most of that either. Definitely didn't remember any of the names. But having read Lord of the Rings before watching these now, uh, or rewatching rather, I, I, cause you know me, 
I don't mind adaptations. Yeah. Like I watch things and I'm like, oh, they made changes. That's fine. Whatever. But for some reason, it just really irked me. I don't know if it's because I'm so fresh from reading the books and I go into it and I'm like, no, the character development's all wrong. <laughs> like I was just, I was getting, because they left out like two major characters, but it doesn't really matter with the story that they were telling. Even some of the timeline shifts, but they definitely fi- fucked up the one of the characters, which, uh, Fairmore, they call him in the movie, uh, like the people who hate, I don't know if they hate the movies, but they call him Filmamore or something <laughs> because he's the film version. And he's like real shitty in the movie. He's just not a good adaptation. Like they changed his character too much, but there was just like enough changes where I was like, ah, the book is just so much better. And then I just came to the conclusion, like, I know it's impossible to replicate the books exactly, but th- I feel like it has to be a series if they're going to do it and really extend it for season after season because the books are so good that you're just not going to be able to put that into movie form. But you figure with each movie being over four hours, though. Yeah, but like, there's just certain things that didn't even make sense from a movie standpoint. Because watching it, I was very surprised where they just kind of jump into this pretty quickly. Like, oh, you're going to take the ring and you're going to do this and stuff. And like Sam, who he's a representative of the Batman of uh, World War One, which were pretty much the servants of like lieutenants and officers and stuff in the uh, military. Like they would just do whatever they want. That's what his character is supposed to be. But in the movie version, uh, he's just a gardener, which he was the gardener in the book too. But they're like, they really, uh, Tolkien really build up their relationship, like him and Frodo and like why he cares so much about Frodo and why he wants to save him and stuff in the movie version. They just kind of skipped that. And he's just like, okay, I'll just go risk my life for you for no real reason. Just because the old guy told me to. And then, like, the most fucked up thing is they, they made him kind of gay in the movie. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, in the books, it was kind of gay because everything's kind of gay. Like, Mary happy. But it was just they, they did it in such a way where it was like, are they going to, like, have a romantic thing? Is that uh, okay? But then, like, they don't. Well, uh, well uh, like, Frodo and Sam? or Yeah, Frodo and Sam. Like, I know that's that the big joke. Ju- yeah. But, like, in the movies, it just made it seem, like, way gayer than it should. Because in the books, like... They're supposed to technically be boys, even though I think they're in their twenties or thirties. And the hobbits, but they grow, their- but they grow different. They're yeah, kind of like like Yoda almost. In like twenty, in your twenties and thirties as a hobbit, I think you're like maybe preteen or even maybe regular teen. But you're like you're young. It's just like I know it wasn't Peter Jackson's like uh, intent to make them like with all the looks and like the slow because like, there's a lot of just like like. Uh, Randall and Clark says like the gay look. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of that. And it's like, why are they looking at each other so long? A lot of glazing at each other. Just, just gla- uh, yeah. Glazing and glazing is a little bit. Different. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's gla- when, they, when they get back to the Shire. Yeah. Uh, and another, the major scene they did in the movie, uh, that really, really irked me was, uh, in the book when Frodo, he gets bit by the big spider well, in the movie, him and Sam have a big fight, and then because uh, Gollum sets it up to make uh, Frodo think Sam is betraying him, so he leaves Sam a crying, blubbering mess, and goes into this fucking tunnel, gets bit by a spider, whatever, and then Sam comes to the rescue. But in the book version, Sam doesn't leave him. Sam's with him the whole time because he's an actual hero. And in the book, when Frodo gets bit by the spider, Sam fucking fucks that spider up. No fucking human, nothing. No elves, dwarves, nobody's ever killed a spider. He fucks that spider right up the fucking middle of the gut with the his knife so frodo he thinks frodo died and then he's like he has a big dilemma what do i do how do i go on and he's like F- i gotta take the ring then fuck it i'm taking the ring i'm gonna go up the mountain i gotta fight i have to finish it so he's the hero but in the movie 
they want to have a big surprise that he has the ring, so they don't. They skip that whole part. So Frodo because eventually gets taken by the orcs into the tower, and Sam has to go save him, and he goes up and he does his heroic thing and he saves him, and then Frodo's like, "They took the ring," and he's like, "Ha ha! No, they didn't. I have it." But in the books, you see that. Well, in the books, he Sam took the ring initially because he was going to go, you know, fucking up the mountain. And then they, he heard the orc say that Frodo wasn't dead. And he's like, oh, I, well, I could save Frodo. And he puts the fucking ring on, turns invisible, does all the shit. And the ring does not corrupt him. In the movie, he's hesitant to give the ring back to Frodo. And he's like, uh. Sam was the one ring bearer who was not corruptible, in my opinion, at least not yet. If he wore it longer, probably. But they just really. Uh, took out a cool scene, in my opinion, just to have that little shock value of the having the audience think that, oh, the ring, the orcs got it. The orcs clearly didn't get it. If they got him, they would have killed the fucking Hobbit. Like, Which is so weird because I'd assume like when these movies were first coming out, like the people who were coming to glamour and see it, they knew that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, why you get, like who are you surprising? Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I mean, I get you have to take artistic liberties, but I just felt like there were certain... Like that scene... It wouldn't have been any longer or shorter if they just did it the you know the way the book did it, and it would have showed Sam is more of a hero than he was. Because in the book, I mean, in the movie version, when he goes to save Frodo, he just kind of like bumbling through, and the orcs kill each other. In the book, they kill each other, but he still had to like be invisible and do all this shit to get there. So, six out of ten maybe for the movie. Return of the King, I'll give that a higher one. That was a fucking good movie. How would the graphics hold up? Pretty good. I thought they were pretty good. Of course, I watched The Hobbit before that, uh, like a couple months ago. I got the DVDs of that, and that fucking graphics were shit. I don't know if it was just because it was a $10 DVD of all three of them or yeah. whatnot, but it was like it looked like dog shit. <laughs> but the Lord of the Rings movies, they, they hold up pretty good. And the uh, like I said, Return of the King, other than a couple plot points, that that was it was a solid movie. That was a good movie. And the, even the 50 endings, I'm like, yeah, look, yeah, I was excited. Give them to me all. Though they did change the whole ending of the, uh, the uh, movie. Uh, or they changed the whole ending from the book to the movie because in the movie they just go back to the Shire and everything's hunky dory. And then Frodo sails off in his merry little adventure. But in the book, Saruman wasn't dead yet, and he goes and fucking raises the Shire and makes it like this shitty work camp place, and everybody's miserable. And those hobbits have to go back, and it's almost like a whole other adventure. They have to save the Shire, and then Saruman gets his throat slit, and it's gory, and like all this shit happens. But they didn't do that in the movie. They just, you know, more. That's more of a time constraint, I think, because that was like you that know, probably would have been a whole other movie. Yeah, like that was that was a lot of stuff. But that's my breakdown. And since this is a twenty-one minute uh, cold open, I'm probably gonna break this in half and have this as the outro, <laughs> like an extra outro. There so you go. I think that's a good idea. 